Hey y'all, welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with people who get duped and people who love the book, Everybody Poops. Let's go. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap No cap. All right, all right, all right. Wait, did you take my all right, all right, all right thing? From Matthew McConaughey? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I, I gave it a second wind. It was kind of dying. Sure, <laughs> sure. All right, yeah, I feel that way about the Jay Leno thing. <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Seen this? Heard about this? <laughs> oh, man, anything, uh, anything good happened this week or bad or medium? Oh, dude, you know, actually, um, let's not talk about it because I don't have fully formed opinions on it. But there is a lot of actually discussion right now of like talking heads about whether or not we should be pro or against Donald Trump or Twitter and Instagram and Facebook having or I guess not Instagram. I don't think he was big on Instagram, (laughs) but um, about whether or not Facebook and Twitter should have the power to like cut off the president's uh, Twitter account or whatever. But yeah, I guess if you wanted to ask me completely, like, uh, what do you call it, on a theoretical level, like, of course not. They're, they're basically public utilities at this point. They are the commons. You shouldn't be able to censor somebody. Yeah, yeah. I think there's um, it's a, it's a big, like, liberal talking point of, like, talking about terms of service or whatever. But yeah, uh, that's um, what one of the good guests on the podcast was talking about was, like, the framework you have to have for thinking about it is basically is that, like, they're governing these 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 yeah, products 100 so, yeah. the solution is nationalize them and there should be free speech yeah. they shouldn't be able to ban somebody for saying something that they would be allowed to say in a, into a microphone like i just think it's really great that like the aclu person had very big like germany quote about like first they came for donald trump <laughs> and i said nothing <laughs> like it was very big that energy <laughs> oh is the aclu i i would have thought that the aclu would have been on the side of ban donald trump no, 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 they're against it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, if you can ban Donald Trump for that, and you can ban somebody for saying they're going to fuck Tony the Tiger, where does it stop? Almost certainly they're going to come for the furries next. I've seen a lot of leftist talking heads talk about how they're going to come for the leftists next. Like, oh, this is going to yeah, be exactly. bad for the leftists yeah. if they start censoring speech. And I'm like, sure, but they're going to come for the furries before the leftists. <laughs> be <laughs> so we got time. <laughs> Dude, this poem just writes itself all over again. First they came for Donald Trump and I said nothing. <laughs> then they came for the furries and I laughed. <laughs> then they came for big facts, no cap. <laughs> and there was no one left to stand with us. <laughs> I guess that's a poem, not a quote. I should have said poem. So I don't know if you want to transition to the next topic, but I did just get a... Apparently Amelia is really catching up on podcasts. So she's now she's texting me about the Witches episode. Um uh, and I wondered if there was anything that you wanted to follow up on from the witches episode. Amelia so far is just saying that she's enjoying it, but oh, I've had an I've had my future told again. Yeah, from someone who presumably knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you sent me a link to an old advice column. I guess you were looking at, and it was an advice column by Rhonda Girard de Pardue. She was offering to read people's Arabic coffee, which I mean, uh, colloquially is more commonly known as Turkish coffee, but she likes to refer to it as Arabic coffee. Because fuck the Ottoman Empire. Yeah, <laughs> that is what she said in her uh, in her column, which I mean, I agree with that they were horrible to the uh, Lebanese. Hey, what are so. you talking about? The Ottoman Empire just based on putting your feet up? Whole empire based on that. <laughs> you know, some of the best hats in the game, too. So uh, maybe she was being a little <laughs> quick to judge. Um, the, the multiple genocides were uh, one hand versus another. Genocide me once, shame on you. <laughs> and so... Uh, even though the column was from two years ago, she had an open invitation to send her a video of your uh, of your Arabic coffee for her to read the uh, future in the uh, coffee grounds. And I did. I, I drank a cup of coffee, uh, brewed myself a cup of Arabic coffee, drank it, and sent her a video of the grounds, and, uh, and she reviewed my future for me. Adrian, before I tell you this future, I, like... What is your understanding of, like, people who tell other people their future, like, horoscope writers and whatnot? Is it the, like, general idea that they're supposed to tell you is, like, something positive or good, and it's supposed to kind of, like, help you maybe move that direction? Like, it's supposed to all—it's supposed to be something you want to believe, right? And it's supposed to help you work towards that. 
Yes, I believe that's part of the like known science of understanding people who like horoscopes is that it's all either nebulous, vague, or generally positive things that even if you don't think are true, you want to believe about yourself. Exactly. And her 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 reading of my future seemed seemed kind of sad, so I'll read it to you. Let me know what you think. I, I, it got me a little worried. I'm dating someone right now who's got feminine energy some uh just some information for the audience and reading this it seemed well i'll I'll just read it yeah yeah. i see a feminine departure perhaps two women or perhaps a unification of feminine aspects this is the main event sitting with this are judgment anger fear and innocence but the departure is the genuine truth and your path hope this helps yeah that definitely sounds like you guys about to break up (laughs) Does it not sound like she's like, your bitch gonna leave you? Do you think this is gonna be like a That's So Raven scenario where now you make it happen because you're so worried about it not happening? That's kind of how I felt, right? Like, these are supposed (laughs) to prod you in a direction. Oh. What kind of wacky hijinks do you think you're gonna get into trying to prevent this from happening? Honestly, this has made me worried because I'm like, hopefully she never does that thing where she, like, communicates with the dead for somebody because she's gonna be like, oh, yeah, your mother? Yeah, she said she doesn't forgive you for that. (laughs) For (laughs) that thing you did. (laughs) And she never will. She probably won't be able to pass on into the next afterlife because she's stuck on, she's stuck in this plane eternally because of how disappointed and upset she is with how you've led your life. So it says it could be a departure or a unification of feminine aspects and that it's a main event. Paul, what are the chances that uh, Leia's pregnant? <laughs> well, well, that's freaky, Adrian. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't do this to me, brother. I like how I can't tell which one you think is worse. Is her being pregnant or her leaving you? <laughs> and there being anger and judgment and fear. This is the last time I let somebody do black magic on me. Honestly, if next time I see you in person, I don't know why my first thought was, I can't make a cup of Arabic coffee. <laughs> my my first thought was, next time I go to Paul's house, I'll make him make me a cup. And then I want her to read my cup. Mm. Um, maybe I'll send her my, I'll send you a video to tweet at her. Um, I'll see if I can do this sometime soon. <laughs> As much as people are talking about tech censorship, it's not actually that hard to get an account, Adrian. You could also tweet at her. I'll, I'll show you no, how. No, it's no, not, no. It's I'm not trying. that bad. <laughs> I don't think I can. <laughs> like, the button works when you press it, but it never works when I press it. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I feel like that's what, like, old people say when you try and help them with, like, IT stuff. They're like, oh, you yeah, press yeah, that yeah. button. They're like, I, I pressed it. I press it the same way you press it. I don't know why it, doesn't, it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. <laughs> It's some old person shit. I swear I was doing it exactly like this, and it's just like, I promise you, you weren't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Anything to update from uh, the week besides that, Paul? Anything cool? Anything interesting? Anything fun? Um, No, not really. Yeah. I mean, uh, I had a fun movie night with Phil where he watched the movie Good Time. uh, Oh, I I love Good Time. Yeah, I'd give a recommendation for that movie. It was good. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine people haven't heard of it at this point, but, um, the Safdie Brothers next film after Good Time, Uncut Gems. Oh, dude. So this is why I like that, um, Paul is more of like a, I know the director and like their lineage of filmography or whatever. Uh, I had no idea because Paul or Phil and I were talking during the movie of like, that was my comment was like, oh, this is like good Uncut Gems. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what you didn't like Uncut Gems. No, it wasn't really my cup of tea. I thought Good Times was better, but I like both a lot. I mean, they both had the same kind of sense of like atmospheric dread to them, but I think it worked a lot better for me in Good Times. Mm. Yeah. How how did you feel about the soundtrack? Because I thought the Good Times soundtrack was noticeably the entire better. time. We were like, "That's so fucking amazing!" Yeah, we were commenting about that the whole time. Uh, and you know who you know who wrote the soundtrack, right? Was it that like four year old black kid that got big on YouTube because he was really good at drumming? <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, it was, uh, this would have been a good uh, for last week when we had my roommate Ben on because it's his favorite artist, Widow Tricks Point Never. Oh, nice. Really good electronic artist, yeah. Yeah, uh, stellar, stellar uh, soundtrack to that movie. And uh, I think first movie I've watched where I I kind of like know from kind of like word of mouth that Robert Pattinson's a really accomplished actor at this point, but it's the first time I've actually watched one of the movies that he was in where I was like, oh yeah, he's he's really fucking killing it right now mm, not not harry potter 5 that didn't do it for you cedric replace cedric the entertainer <laughs> i tried to save him i tried to save him. 
There was um, but yeah, that's that's all I have for a roundup for the week of anything. Um, other than that, pretty quiet week in the Adrian household. Oh, I I watched Nasu Summer in Andalusia, and it's a biking anime, and it's uh the entire movie takes place over the span of basically one bike championship, one bike competition, and only like one day of it. And I guess there's like, you know, you went like. I don't know how biking works, really, but I guess I you... believe they're called bike offs. <laughs> but I guess you like you can win a day, and then the competition keeps going on, and there's like a next day to mm. the tournament. So it's and like so, a golfing tournament. Yeah, yeah. There's like a, a and so it's across one day, and they're biking through uh, Andalusia. The main character, he's from that region, so he really wants to win. And then it's about everybody from that town who knows him kind of getting together to like watch the bike on TV and locally as they pass through the town. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 40 minute short film. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a great watch. All right, Paul. So you want to get into today's theme? Mm-hmm. Which we are calling Deception. Pranksters. Dukes. Deception being duped. Uh, deception, disgrace, evil as plain as the scar on his face. That's from Lion King too. <laughs> I was gonna say that you've quoted this earlier this week to me while shaming me for not having watched the Lion King sequels. Well, I know you're more of like a Cars franchise type dude, but that's I mean, simply not classic. true. That it, how dare you? Is that not one of those things where if you're gonna be a movie buff, you have to like some bad stuff in the way that like every YouTube chef will go on about how like American cheese has its place in certain recipes because of X, Y, or Z thing, where like you have to show that you're not all snooty all the time. Oh, yeah, whenever people are, like, on a burger, you have to use American cheese. And it's like, no, sometimes, like, I get you think it's cool to be like, I only like the most basic type of burger. But it's like, also, when people try more fancy things with a burger, it can it can work. It can be it can be fine. (laughs) This obsession with being like, I'm just a regular, even though I'm a fancy snooty chef, I just want my burger as regular as it can possibly be. (laughs) I'm just a regular dude. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's like the with cheese on it any day. (laughs) It's like the most weird niche populism, and all the celebrity (laughs) chefs seem to want to take part in it. Yeah, I think for me, I see it also a lot in YouTube chefs, where it is a lot of people who are from working class backgrounds who like got into better dining, and then are still like, well, you know, I like a an American cheese for a grilled cheese. It just works. Okay, yeah, but for a grilled cheese, that's true. It is like the melty asbestos cheese. Yeah, well, I mean, I think obviously the secret to a grilled cheese is mixed cheeses. Like, you know, have yeah. one for flavor, have one for texture. Is this what we need to be talking right now? <laughs> um, if we're if we're on a food kick right now, I will very quickly also give a shout out to one of the best things of my week, which was uh, homemade tamales from my friend Emily. They were very good. Shout out to her. Oh, damn. Tamales are effort filled. So her giving you it's one is like a real. Hey, Paul, she gave me two. Well, shout out to Emily. No, she was I didn't the one who stopped the momentum of the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> she was the one who said I needed to talk thirty percent less, right? Yeah. She's not Shout out to Paul's taking a big swig from his diet ginger ale. Yeah, I, I couldn't finish that sentence. You know, I needed to say thirty percent less words. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I can already tell that, like. Um... <laughs> Paul, I don't, I don't know if you and your partner are going to break up, but I can tell that you're really going to have some good zingers in there whenever it does happen. <laughs> the things that she's said or used against you in the past. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't hold on to things people have said to you like months or years ago and throw it in their face. Yeah, in there a way that makes you where... seem more petty than, than in the right. There was this one time where this dude... Um, I was eating this like uh, shrimp cocktail, and he was like, "Save some shrimp for the sea." And I, at, like, <laughs> the day after, I thought about this like comeback about like, "Well, hey, the uh, jerk store called. They they need they need more." They're what, <laughs> I forgot what the line is. Line. <laughs> um, I think he says something about somebody calling. Hey, the the ocean called. The, they like they're running out of shrimp or something. Running out of shrimp, and, and they said the jerk store, store called. called. <laughs> they're running out of you. you. And then Kramer suggests that he say hey i slept with your wife <laughs> and then <laughs> no that's too strong and then whatever he's 
at the office and he says to him, the drugstore Carl, they're running out of you. The guy responds with, why would they care? You're their best-selling model. And then he responds <laughs> with, I slept with your wife. And then everybody gets silent and it turns out his wife yeah. was in a coma. <laughs> Dude, impec- impeccable writing on that show. <laughs> I remember multiple years ago, me and you were just hanging out. And we saw on YouTube a thing that was like millennials react to Seinfeld, and we clicked mm. on it and hate watched like twenty minutes of that. Yep. So pissed at. Still angry. We're like, we are the same age as these people. We nobody our age dislikes Seinfeld. Fuck these people. It's made up bullshit. Well, no. The annoying thing was that the whole thesis of like everyone's reaction was like, oh, you could never get away with this nowadays. And it's like, dude, yeah. Always Sunny is on its twentieth season. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> But anyway, so I assume you did the whole uh, pretending your life with the Seinfeld, uh, was an episode of Seinfeld because the theme of the episode is deception. Yeah, I thought it'd be a good segue. <laughs> also, you just took a sip of your beer and looked disgusted. I'm not gonna lie, the smell um, immediately caught me off guard. Um, I guess Adrian's gonna have a quick Jackrabbit beer corner really quick. Um, golden haired Golden Stout. It smells like nicotine and, like, liquor. It smells like a malt liquor, <laughs> which I guess is, like... And that's a bad thing for you? It's just really hard to pin down what the taste is. Um, I also have a little bit of a raspberry sour left in my glass, and I was thinking about it, combining it as, like, a raspberry stout. But uh, I think that's just going to make both of them worse, to be honest. Um, <laughs> pick up this one if you're interested. It is an interesting one. <laughs> I love that. You don't want to say anything bad about Jackrabbit, but you clearly hate this beer. <laughs> It pours a beautiful golden color when you mix it with the uh, raspberry sour. Uh, it makes a good cleaner if you mix uh, one part of it with 100 parts uh, cleaner. No cap. So, best joke ever in the Big Bang Theory is the one where the Indian dude has the thing about telling someone a, a story on the train that is a slumdog millionaire and saying that it's loosely based on his life. Is that a joke from the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, I think so. I think it's something like it's one of his pickup lines or something as he says that Slumdog Millionaire was loosely based on his life. I was going to think of an Arabic movie to say it was based on my life, but nobody makes movies about Arabs. The Kite 24, Runner? 24 was, no, I wasn't raped. No, that's not true at all, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I was implying. There's a lot There's a lot of other stuff that goes on in that movie. No, I'm mostly the rape. <laughs> all right, back to the theme, to the theme. Duping and... Uh, trying to pull a fast one paul have you ever tried to pull a fast one no i'm not clever enough i need i need to plan mm. you never get into like little schemes hijinks I'm trying, I'm trying to remember uh misadventures i don't know why i remember this so much because it's such a boring prank and it's such a tiny prank but it still makes me laugh to think about which is in in high school during sex ed uh, the teacher was like, okay, this is a part where we all fold up like a question that we want to ask anonymously. We take a piece mm-hmm. of paper, we write it, fold it up, put it in the basket, and then I'll take them up to the top and open them each and answer them to the class. So I'll answer everybody's private question to the class. And already this sounds like I should have come up with something 10 times better than I came up with. <laughs> because my prank Oh, you was- can punch up this story. There's no one here to call you out. <laughs> Well, I won't because I didn't. I couldn't think of anything hilarious to ask the teacher, and so because I couldn't think of anything hilarious, I just didn't write anything on my piece of paper. But I folded it like as many times as I possibly could, <laughs> <laughs> and then I put it in the basket. And so then, when he was reading out all the questions, he just got to mine and took it out of the basket and started unfolding it. And he was like, wow, somebody really like wanted to hide what they wrote, kept unfolding it, unfolding it. Eventually it got it all unfolded. Like it was folded like a map so many times, like flips it over back and forth and it's just empty and his face just looks so sad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how is how is that not something that people saw you doing? Like I don't know. <laughs> You're really sneaking. Uh, I, I mean, that's not bad. That's pretty funny. I don't know. I just enjoyed wasting his time, I guess. It was barely yeah, a prank. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, never pulled any big pranks. Like, whenever you see a TV show and all the kids get together and they release pigs in the school or something, it's just like nothing that it took more than five minutes of planning. Phil used to really like the mushroom lamp that you gave me mm-hmm. uh, in high school, uh, my freshman year of college. 
And so one of like the ongoing jokes that he would do that I legitimately found annoying is every time he came over to hang out, he would try to find a way to sneak it into his bag and take it when he left. Uh, <laughs> and he successfully did that like three or four times. <laughs> did you just have to get it back the next time you were at his place? <laughs> yeah, I would just I would just take it back the next time I was over. <laughs> did it start with him just legitimately stealing it the first time? And then after that, it had to become a joke to back explain why he stole it no i don't think bill's malicious in that way i mean he was malicious when he broke it but then, <laughs> but other than that when he took a baseball bat to it and said i want to destroy something you love after you made him sad <laughs> if i can't have it nobody can have it yeah oh and i got you know actually i guess it's just phil is a lot more mischievous than i am he is a little more of a little piece of shit than I am. <laughs> a little shit for tokyo grill phil did this very common prank where when i was in the bathroom he took my drink poured out the diet coke that was in it and filled it with uh, soy sauce Ew. so that was yeah <laughs> that was that one and then i guess the other one that's similar Joe's to is... the salt sugar one we already told on another episode yeah this is when we find out that with our next guest that their mom used to give them spoonfuls of soy sauce to keep them quiet <laughs> whenever we have tin on the episode <laughs> oh fun racism <laughs> <laughs> he's not japanese he's a little playful racism so even more racist you you don't know the difference between different asian cultures honestly the worst type of racism not knowing the difference between a korean person and a chinese person that's true at least be accurate yeah i, don't know, I guess paul and i are just more um we're not we're not real prank bros we're not real prank bros i feel like i definitely have more tiny pranks but none of them are really like they're all about as funny as the one i already told which i almost was like this is not worth telling it's such a nothing story yeah i just have a lot of random moments like that i remember once yeah i don't know these are all stories that aren't even worth telling i was about to tell a story about me uh going to winthrop to visit mark and for some reason i decided that night to tell everybody a fake name for who i was oh yeah um, <laughs> hysterical <laughs> i chose santiago <laughs> Did you, uh, you picked another Hispanic name? <laughs> Did you just want yeah, to see even, how wait, Hispanic... Wait, what do you mean another? Adrian's Adrian. not even a Hispanic name. Yeah. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. No. Yes, it not. is. Wait, what are you talking is, about? No. Adrian is definitely it's a Hispanic definitely... name. It's not a, it's not a Latin name. Yes, it is. Hold on, I'm looking this up. I do not believe it is. How many, how many, I know way more white people named Adrian than... Well, that's because you know way more white people. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a per capita. It's a per capita thing. <laughs> uh, Amlo? Amlo's it's... name is Adrian? No, it's like a broar, isn't it? Uh, a lot of religious people. No, Swiss politician, British, British, Australian... I guess that's because they're famous, so we're kind of sub. There's a collider variable there. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a pretty ubiquitous name. I, uh, you know, whatever you need to tell yourself to go to sleep at night. That is what I tell myself to go to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people have the name Adrian. It's a white name. I'm a white person. <laughs> you, 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 the opposite of what Dorley tells herself to fall asleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically where are we going we have like a very specific thing in our columns which is that they're all people writing and doing that kind of like i want to say like the first time i saw this sort of joke where it's like a switcheroo where it, it pretends to be this completely serious thing and then it ends up being that somebody is just writing for another character's names i remember uh, there was the person who would always call into this one uh, Christian TV show, and he would always be like telling his life story about how he fell out in salvation and redemption, but he would always make it like a character from a show. So he would be like calling and he'd be like, yeah, I was actually this troubled kid from like West Philadelphia. And uh, I got into a fight one day <laughs> and my, my, uh, my mom had to send me to, uh, my mom sent me to live with my rich uncle in Bel Air, but then he would always make it like Christian. And then the person would like give them advice like, oh, the glory of God is good. Like he gave you, you know, a chance to start a second better life. Was this something that was like viral online or did you just, did you watch, did you yeah. just watch this show a lot? No, no, no. It was viral online. I did watch The 700 Club growing up because that's what was on when I came home from school before Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah, moving back to the theme, though. Yeah. Um, so 
and then our columns are kind of copying that aesthetic of like it's a very specific type of thing where it's just pretending to take somebody's life story and sending it in and from like a tv show and seeing if you can get it past the moderator because i mean making up a fake question would be really easy but nobody else would get any entertainment out of it because they would be just as duped as the uh columnist you have to use the story of somebody like from a tv show or like a plot from a sitcom because then other people reading it will presumably get that the columnist has been duped and get some entertainment out of it yeah so i think it's a common joke in sitcoms to kind of do that as well but i want to say the first time i saw it just to give my story is uh there's a series of snl sketches where it's like a police officer who changes in the cast and then like three delinquent teens and whenever the officer's, like, asking them how they got in trouble, they, like, tell a story. And he's like, that's Weekend at Bernie's or whatever. And uh, <laughs> that's, like, the whole skit. Uh, so that I think that's where I first encountered this trope. Mm. All right. Well, I mean, I, I've never pulled this type of prank exactly. So should we just jump right into the column? Yeah, dude. You want to go first or second? Uh, I kind of want to go first. Okay, so... For mine, I've brought in a medley, and this was a medley posted by Amy Dickinson of famously Ask Amy. Anybody who listens to this show will be familiar with Ask Amy. Um, and yeah, she for all the actually come co- here for the bios. <laughs> and she actually collected. She wrote up this little explainer of like the times where she's been pranked by question askers. So there's two of them that she posted, and. Adrian, for this one, do we want to skip the answers? Do we really care what they have to say in response? Or I guess we can, uh, I we can do yeah, the answer. Yeah, we'll we see. want to see what how they would have handled... What we can do is we can think of if Amy was a writer for this show. What, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> guess, her plot I guess we'll compare it with how they really handled it in the media. Okay, so the first one. Also, Dear just Amy. A quick note, um, just a quick note that this apparently was released March 22nd, 2020, so coronavirus shutdown happened and immediately amy was like oh shit we gotta do a highlight reel we gotta do a clips episode (laughs) i think the first one is my favorite so i'll go ahead and do that one dear amy i have a serious problem with my future wife she has not been faithful to me i recently overheard her talking to her friend about how she was unfaithful to me when i confronted her all that she said was that she couldn't talk right now i feel like i have to record everything in my own house just to learn the truth To make things even more stressful is the fact that she recently told a couple of people that I hit her. But that is not true. I did not hit her. I did not. I'm not sure why she has been acting like this lately. She did just find out her mother had breast cancer, and that might be playing a role in her behavior. We still always find time to make love, so I don't know why she would go out seeking it from someone else. I just can't believe she would do this to me. I love her so much. She is my everything, and I don't know that I could go on without her. She is tearing me apart. What should I do? Signed, devastated. I think that one was a very good example of adding just the right amount of subtlety and direct quotes from the movie to like be believable, but like anyone who knows knows. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the direct quotes, it's like you want to make it as absurd as possible while still being like it can pass their bullshit filter. This mm-hmm. one was a little bit tamer they didn't make it it's not like reading it you're not like oh haha who would possibly believe this was a real situation Mm -hmm. that i did not hit her like coming up twice was like you know that was like kind of as far as they went making it like very explicit in a way nobody would really talk but was still a reference to the movie yeah i think part of this is also like amy obviously hasn't seen the room right Amy, yeah, she does have, like, a more old lady aesthetic, so (laughs) just by herself, I would not imagine she would have seen The Room. How do you feel about The Room? Because I'm gonna say, I I think it's as enjoyable a watch as people portray it as. I don't really have, like, a hot take on it. I think it's as fun to watch as people say it is. Yeah, it lives up to the expectation pretty damn well. Uh, It really is, like, because I didn't come into it organically or anything, right? It's not like the 1980s and I found it, like, at a blockbuster and was like, oh, I'll rent this. I came into it with full expectations of, like, this is supposed to be hilarious, and it totally lived up to them. Exactly, yeah. Although, I do, I will say that, like, for some movies like that, I don't... Like, Sharknado, I went into it with mm. the expectation, this is such a bad movie, it's funny, and I I didn't enjoy it at all as a bad movie. Yeah. But the real... I think another one that hits that really well is Goblins 2. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, the other thing I'll say is uh, the disaster artist, I think, did a very bad job of capturing any of what I thought was really funny about that movie or like being enjoyable. From that yeah, sort of it, 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 and it was made by a lot of people I'd like. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the how, how did this get made cast? I think they were all in there. Who wouldn't rather just watch the room than watch the disaster artist? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I'll jump into Amy's advice and let's see how Amy's advice would have changed the direction of that film. Dear Devastated, the first thing you should do is not get married. Ooh, already diverging from what his character did in the film. Your fiance's behavior and your response are the very essence of dysfunction. If you are correct and she's stepping out on you, this is a huge problem. Your declaration that you feel like you have to record everything just to learn the truth is chilling. Her counter accusation that you hit her is potentially very dangerous for you. Because of an escalation of behavior I sense in both of you, and the seemingly toxic connection between the two of you, it would be wisest for you to separate. Seek the support of close friends, family, and a professional counselor to help you deal with this loss and change. I've got a comment off top. Yeah. What What is this slang from Amy if she's stepping out on you? What, is that is that something we say, or is that that's a generational thing, right? Like, the first thing I thought when I heard that was her, like, coming out with, like, a pork pie hat, being like, hey, daddy-o, is your old lady stepping out on you? <laughs> You know, I didn't catch it as quickly as you did, but you're right. That is a weird phrasing. I, I can't even... I'm, did she say that? Where? If you are correct and she is stepping out on you, this is a huge problem. And <laughs> I believe weird. from context that means infidelity. I, honestly, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that was from July 2015. And so then we have another one from January of 2016. Um... So you can probably, it's probably seems pretty certain that one was inspired by the other. They're pretty close. You think that's what happened? The 2015 person, the 2016 person saw the 2015 one and felt uh, it was a copycat killer. Unless you think it's the same guy. What do you think about the MO? (laughs) We'll have to see. We'll have to read it to see if they use the same handwriting. I recently ran into a famous local sports figure at my gym. I didn't want to bother him, but much to my surprise, he approached me. Turns out he knew me from my profession. He asked if I wanted to go out for coffee and we exchanged numbers. A few days later we had coffee and I thought it was pretty cool that he considered us friends. Then everything changed. He told me he was interested in taking out a woman we ran into. She is my ex-girlfriend and we remained good friends. He asked me a couple of times if I wouldn't mind if he asked her out. I reluctantly said no. I made plans with him and then after talking to my ex I found out that he ditched our plans to go out with her. The next day, he called me and asked if I could help him move some furniture. I barely know the guy. Next thing, he will be asking me to drive him to the airport. Two friends of mine warned me to not trust the guy. What's the deal? What's the deal? Am I being too rash, or should I dump the guy as a friend? Feeling foolish. So I didn't rewatch this episode, but the what's the deal, and then the next thing you know, he'll be asking to drive you to the airport. I'm pretty sure direct quotes from Jerry. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a part of the show. <laughs> he must have been like complaining to Kramer, like, "What level of friendship is that? That's like an airport pickup. You gotta be, you gotta really know a guy <laughs> before you ask for an airport pickup." <laughs> I vaguely remember this episode, but I'm actually gonna do a quick Google to remember how it ends, how the episode actually ends. <laughs> Uh, Elaine breaks up with him. It was a baseball player, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Keith Hernandez. Oh, yeah, but there we are. It's called the the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is the this is the episode with Vandalay Industries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the introduction of Vandalay Industries in the show logic. Kramer and Newman end up helping him move, so that's how this is settled because they mm-hmm. they strike up a conversation with him about the <laughs> JFK spitting incident. And then they end up helping him move. Um, all right. Uh, do you think Amy is going to suggest that you have your friends have a long-winded conspiracy theory centered around the man and then they end up helping him move so you don't have to worry about it? No, I think that's more of like an Andrew WK type answer. <laughs> I will very quickly bring in some trivia that I got from looking up this episode. It is uh, Jerry's favorite episode of the series. Interesting. Yeah. I really don't know why it would be. Well, here's another fun fact, because I agree with you. It, it was not a standout from the times that I've watched through Seinfeld. It is also ranked the fourth best episode of television of all time out of the 100 best episodes by some 
TV outlet publication. So it also has like a, a cult fan status as well. I feel like maybe people just thought it was funny that there was the JFK parallel. That's the only thing I could think of that like stands out in any sort of special way from that. that to me, when remembering that episode, nothing about like Keith Hernandez stands out. It's all about the JFK stuff, but it's still only like that stuff is still only pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't know. I mean, to be honest, um, what was the point that I had about this? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there are clearly better episodes, I feel like. But mm-hmm. maybe the fact that it was like an hour long special, it had a little bit more room to breathe. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I mean, the Vandalay Industries stuff was funny, right? The first episode, iconic, yeah. I do remember like the thing falling, right? Because it's like they're holding a bunch of oil in a latex thing. And then I remember it's like, you know how... Mm-hmm. It always ends with like a freeze frame and it's like falling out the window at somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's, I remember that being really funny. I mean, what's really funny when they first meet Keith Hernandez in the uh, gym locker room is uh, the whole bit is like Jerry's personable and they're getting along and George is just being a fucking weirdo like always. <laughs> and so he was like, uh, uh, Keith, let me ask you something really quick. Uh, you know, all the flying that you guys do for your baseball games, you think there'd be a crash more often? <laughs> 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 that, that fucking got me so <laughs> and like the whole bit is that him and jerry keep talking and like george keeps like interjecting with like you know 100 games a season you fly you know 28 teams you, know, you think it happened every now and then <laughs> oh my god we get all right question? yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, dear foolish the good news here is that you don't have to dump the guy as a friend because he's not a friend he's an opportunist who just keeps asking you for stuff (laughs) i suspect that when you turn down his generous offer to let you move furniture for him you'll likely never hear from him again what happened to the kennedys are they just running shit behind the scenes now or joe kennedy uh lost to uh ed markey not that long ago for the senate race in massachusetts yeah um also anti shout out to my friend who told me they basically have the same policies fuck you no they don't ed markey's way cooler yeah 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 um, the... yeah ed markey just uh just was one of the senders who was standing strong behind bernie for the two thousand dollar checks trying to get him out to people don't think joe kennedy would have done that um okay do you want to move on to my article yeah so the title to this dear abby article and again this is from dear abby the og the goat you already know who it is you got a problem on your hands the title of this one is wife meets perfect match after husband strikes out it reads a little something like this dear abby i am 34 and have three children my husband let's call him gene and i have been married for 10 years he is greedy selfish inconsiderate and rude i don't know why i married him nor why our marriage has lasted this long gene put off giving me a birthday gift for as long as he could then he bought me a bowling ball It was the last straw. Not only do I not bowl, he had the holes drilled for his fingers and his name on it. The next day, I went to the bowling alley determined to keep the ball and learn to bowl. It was there that I met Franco. Franco is kind, considerate, and loving. The polar opposite of Gene. Franco and I have been bowling together, and he bought me a glove in my side with my name on it. Shortly thereafter, our affair began. I didn't mention that I was married. When Gene saw the bowling glove on our dresser, he became depressed because he realized that I'd met someone. I felt sorry for Gene, but the last time I saw Franco, he proposed. I no longer love Gene. I want to divorce him and marry Franco. At the same time, I'm worried that Gene won't be able to move on with his life. I also think our kids would be devastated. What should I do? Stuck in a love triangle. Damn. When you really break it down, Homer and Marge shouldn't be married. No, I mean, it is one of those (laughs) shows where when you don't think of it as an animated silly expedition or an animated silly like storyline, it becomes way sadder. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Actually, there is a lot of like, um, so shout out again to YouTuber uh, Super Patch Wolf. He has a whole video about all the extra stuff that is like derived from the simpsons like people doing fan comic books and stuff like that and i think one of the coolest things he mentioned in that video was like a comic book drawn in watercolor that just shows how sad marge's life is uh and it it seems to be pretty accurate like the source material gives you a lot to work with yeah i mean well the thing about like she is supposed to be the completely unsatisfied housewife in the early seasons i guess she kind of evolves into something different in the later seasons Uh, Mm -hmm. But she is supposed to kind of be like this, like, very simple 
only slightly smarter than Homer, but completely satisfied with the mundanities of like domestic life in the early seasons. Like she's completely enamored by like a new cleaning product and loves to talk about it type like it's kind of her. You're right. That might be where the changes have affected the way that I thought about it, because I think they change it to where she's a much more like cognitively able person yeah she as as the series moves on they definitely make her smarter and more of a foil to homer in that like she's always on top of things and Mm -hmm. she's like intelligent whereas in the early season she was dumb just in her own like weird domesticated way like in the early season there would have been much more likely been an episode about how she wouldn't let like bart play if the early seasons were released in the 2000s she wouldn't let them read harry potter she was more that type of mom whereas now Mm -hmm she would be played as like being more smart and secular than that. So in preparation for this episode, uh, this, so this, this uh, question, obviously, if you're a Simpsons head like me or 10, you would know that this is from life on the fast lane. Uh, season one, episode nine first aired on March 18th, 1990. That's my brother's birthday. Certainly. I think this one is a, on the scale of people picked it cause it was believable versus a classic episode. I think it's very much on the side of, cause believable. it's a very believable storyline. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't do the guy came to our town and tried to sell us all a monorail. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Amy. Lady Gaga came and tried to <laughs> and tried to show everybody how to be unique in themselves. Dear Amy, we went to Jerusalem and now my husband thinks he's Jesus. Uh Dear Abby, it turns out that despite us already establishing how we met, we actually met at college and I was Nirvana. <laughs> Dear Abby, we're one of the many episodes about about us in the future, but we, we, none of all, it's consistent. None of it is consistent. And Lisa has many different potential futures. Dear Abby, uh, my boss was shot and killed and we're not sure who did it. It turns <laughs> out it's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Abby, um, I'm an imbecile and uh, know-it-all started working at my power plant and he's being really rude to me about it. Okay, are you ready for uh, the answer? Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Dear Stuck, you are not stuck in a love triangle. You deliberately put yourself into one by not being honest with Franco. Before you get any deeper, put your house in order and tell your husband why you strayed. He may not realize how selfish, greedy, inconsiderate, and rude you think he is. To save the marriage, he might be willing to change back to the man who bowled you over in the first place. Bowled you over? Man, you brought up some, like, weird antique phrasing from my column, but what is this? <laughs> is that a thing? Well, clearly it's uh, a reference to the bowling in the question. Yeah, oh. she's just trying to be festive. Bold you over. I thought you said bold. Like, B-U-L-L-E-D. I was like, is that a thing? Do people say... <laughs> Never mind. Keep going. To save your marriage, you might be willing to change back to the man who fingered you like a bowling ball in the first place. <laughs> does that, does that help? Two in the front, one in the back. Am I right? <laughs> uh, next, apologize to Franco for not informing him of the fact that you are already married. He has the right to know the score. And after that, que sera, sera. Any other comments? No, not really. Um. All right, segment three. <laughs> all right, so third segment for today. Paul, I think if people are following our YouTube channel, as they should be, um, they kind of get like a heads up about the fact that uh, an early episode that we did, a third segment on about Taco Bell changing and simplifying their menu, ended up being a weirdly prophetic um, mm-hmm. episode. And well, so... if, if you if you don't agree with the conspiracy series that I've been seeing running amok online recently, um, it, it, maybe it was maybe it was prophetic, but by happenstance, maybe maybe Pizza Hut goddamn stole our idea. So yes, uh, I think you're right. I think there is a cabal of uh fast food execs who follow big facts no cap and plunder i mean who else is listening Uh, yeah yeah we see you um so for the audience um i would also like to plug the big facts no cap youtube um adrian put together a good video that's an explainer on the situation but to catch y'all up in in that in that clip me and adrian are talking about funny menu items that taco bell could add and one of the ideas is number one with a bullet yeah is stuffed crust without the pizza so just a chain of stuffed crust and adrian makes a very hilarious point that wouldn't that be like a savory candy necklace and then we laugh we have a good time you you guys listen to the podcast you know how it goes and what do we see but a couple months later 
Pizza Hut releases the nothing but stuffed crust pizza. Now, they never contacted us about this. They never asked for our permission. And it happened in almost... Uh, like, if you think about, like, the R&D and the marketing needed to develop say, it, yeah, almost yeah, exactly yeah. the amount of time you'd expect it to take for them to hear our idea, mm-hmm. get it down the chain of command, and to the right people to make it happen. Now, I'm not saying they certainly stole our idea, but yes, I am. They they certainly stole our idea, and they should reach out to our legal team. And they even fast-tracked it, because the research and development didn't include developing a new box. <laughs> With, with, with a circle in the center <laughs> cut out yeah they didn't do that <laughs> um yeah and so i think the other thing that we just recently found out about is i mentioned my love of adding potatoes to a crunch wrap supreme uh adding potatoes to anything at taco bell is mm-hmm. a great way to go and part of the menu item switch was that they no longer did the potatoes But Taco Bell then announced they were bringing them back due to popular demand, possibly started as a grassroots campaign from a certain young Guatemalan speaking his mind on the last bastion of free speech. (laughs) Maybe Eric Weinstein is right. Maybe this is the last place you can change things. (laughs) It's a podcasting format. And and so, Paul, do you want to say anything about that? Do you think they do that? Obviously, it wasn't a stealing of our idea. That was a, you know, we kind of. It's interesting that it happened right after we did our witch episode where we were talking about making future predictions and they all seemed very positive for the podcast. And of course, you know, you laugh it off. You're like, you know, we're, we're just doing these silly things, but there seems to be a lot of power in the words that we speak into this world. Mm-hmm. And um, Paul, I'll tell you what, this third segment idea, um, like many things in life, made me a little snacky, <laughs> made me a little interested in going to Taco <laughs> Bell today. So I did go to Taco Bell, despite the knowledge after looking it up, that their re-implementation of potatoes on their menu, because apparently the mobilization of potatoes really takes some effort. <laughs> that does not They couldn't hit. just drive over to the local Walmart and buy the potatoes <laughs> there. They announced it at the beginning of the year, but it won't be back on menus until March 11th nationwide. Mm. Um, and I still went to go get Taco Bell today because it sounded really delicious. And um, let me tell you something, Paul. They're they're trying to make us their enemy. I don't know why, but they're trying to. I got myself a Crunch Wrap Supreme. Took out the tomatoes. Added jalapeno sauce. Added beans. Now, Paul. A lot of people like Taco Bell because it is the ultimate vegetarian spot because you can swap out any meat for beans. Mm-hmm. Now, or potatoes. My receipt reflected the fact that I did not replace my meat with beans. I simply just added beans with my meat, which is very common to do for 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 a latinxer i get home i bite into my crunch wrap i eat it second because it's my favorite item and i want to eat the other things like an appetizer and i immediately noticed that they swapped my meat for beans instead of fucking god fucking damn it yeah yeah and who knows what else they put in there too borderline assassination attempt my stomach hasn't felt good since i ate it that's it i'm writing a i'm writing an email to mr john taco bell (laughs) i think um this is our JFK moment. <laughs> this, is, this is our JFK parallel. <laughs> Taco Bell PR team, can you do that thing where you ask us to DM you, even though you're clearly not going to do anything to solve this problem, but as a way to like, they do like just a make it showing. look like you care? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to send you a dick pic, Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell PR team. In my mind, that's what I hope every time uh, a corporation says DM us when somebody complains <laughs> about them. I just hope that that person DMs them a dick pic. Not even theirs, just what they found online. <laughs> Here's the other thing I'll say really quick. First of all, Taco Bell. We have two of them in Davis. We don't have a Wendy's or a Pizza Hut. Open up some space. Close down one of those locations. And let us get a Pizza Hut or a, or a fucking Wendy's dough. Well, they, you know they're mean? owned by the same company, right? So they could, the parent it's a one company. For one. Yeah. Yeah, it's all owned by Pepsi, right? Pepsi could open. Paul, don't even get me started on this. Don't even get me started on my roommate talking to me and sitting me down and trying to make an argument of like, well, isn't capitalism good? Because, you know, I like that I can go to the store and there's three different kinds of recyclable toilet paper, you know? And I like that kind of option. And it's like, bro, it's all six companies. <laughs> it's all it's all owned by like three companies. Is that also... Is, is, okay, I have so many problems with that. First off, <laughs> is that really that enjoyable for them? Like, like 
<laughs> like one type of toilet paper couldn't possibly be good enough for them. They need to try all six, decide which one they yeah. like most. No, they, they definitely need those options, you know what I mean? Okay, that is hilarious to me. Maybe if they'd set, like even with cereal or something, it's like, we have too many goddamn cereals. Can we just get it down to like three basic cereals? <laughs> but okay, sure. They really like the number of options. They realize that like, the recycling thing it's like reuse like a lot of people have talked about it recently but like it seems like the common thing when you look at like what like uh environmental environmental impact studies and uh environmental health majors and when people talk about these things most people talk about how like recycling is kind of companies duping us into thinking that yeah, you can 100%. possibly recycle these things and make the world better it's like you just have to use less and reuse when possible. But recycling is good insofar as it can be used. But the idea You're that it could the possibly... You're saying it's the lesser of the three R's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, the idea that it could ever possibly, like, make up for just reusing something or reducing using it. It's like a marketing ploy by companies to get us to buy more things. Because don't worry, you can recycle them. Just keep buying it. Mm -hmm. Just keep buying and throwing away shit. So, <laughs> it... Even in her example of, I like that I can buy recyclable toilet paper or whatever. It's like, no, that's corporations duping you. You can't really. Like, you shouldn't be buying something because you think it's more recyclable. I'm not going to lie. I think that's in the same way that I wish I told her about the jerk store again. I didn't have a good reply. I was literally so dumbfounded by what she said that I didn't even like, <laughs> I didn't come out with a reply uh i think that's a pretty solid one i think the other one is like well why would i care about how many toilet paper options i have when I'm, everyone could just have fucking health care <laughs> my, my asshole my asshole is a special type of sensitive and i have to test all the toilet paper <laughs> and then decide which one i like the most and buy just so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a shout out to Amelia. I'm not talking about you. I am specifically talking about the roommate that frustrated me so much. There, <laughs> that is such a like. That has to be something they heard from somebody else because that can't be something you organically come up with by yourself. I just love getting to decide oh, what toilet no, paper yeah. I buy. It was. I think all of her talking points were obviously like very workshopped talking points for like how you're supposed to like approach people as a liberal. <laughs> It's just so funny because, right, like, if anybody sat down to think about that for a second, they'd be like, who cares? <laughs> How many toilet paper options? <laughs> oh, man. We're really off track, but yeah, I, I I thought about that the other day and it just threw me for a loop. <laughs> Every time it just yeets me off this planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's PepsiCo, right, that owns uh, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. That's why there's, like, the combination to Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Meet me at the Pizza Hut? No, I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the combination Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Uh, going forward, uh, now that we're kind of doing a third segment that's kind of nothing, um, how do you feel about being offered Pepsi products over Coke products? Do you have a strong opinion about that? Oh, yeah, no. I'm one of those people who can't really identify the difference. Really? I mean, I can if it's one after the other, but, like, in what situation am I going to be drinking them so quickly? Like, Well, in the situation where Malcolm Gladwell talks about the study where they make you drink them side by side, um, famously from the tipping point, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess in that situation, but, right, like, in no, at a restaurant, I'm, either one I get is so similar and i'm not gonna have tried the other one recently enough within the last hour to have it fresh in my mind and notice the difference and to sweetness. have some like pepsi residue on your tongue <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna notice a difference in sweetness and care that much plus i don't order soda so that's actually the most basic of the answers i'm not i've never ordered a mm. coke or pepsi <laughs> i just order waters so that's good that's good yeah so for for me and my family it's a big deal where my mom and i as always being diet soda drinkers where there's a way huger disparity in flavor diet pepsi is really really bad diet coke mm. is probably one of the best diet sodas along with coke zero there's a time when we were road tripping and we like stopped at this random burger stand and i went to the bathroom the waitress asked for our orders i came back and she came over to talk to me and was like oh yeah what do you want to drink and i was like oh i'll take a diet coke and she's like oh we just have diet pepsi and i was like uh never mind i'll just have a water and then my mom was like oh i just had that exact same interaction with this lady <laughs> 
this lady with like these guatemalan <laughs> she called ice <laughs> it's a very big deal for us that's funny but anyways yeah so uh yeah pepsico switch out that taco bell with the pizza i want to order that crust crust pizza <laughs> paul's stuffed crust pizza I think it's just a limited time thing, too, for their 25th anniversary of stuffed crust pizza. Wait, so we're as old as stuffed crust pizza? <laughs> That's one of the ways we can measure how old we are. <laughs> how old is stuffed crust pizza? I think at their restaurant. I mean, I don't assume that Pizza Hut is the first to do it. They're the only one that does it in their franchise, so. Or I think oh, Little really? Caesar. I know Domino's definitely doesn't. I actually, I, I've i heard multiple people, like, I, I like stuffed crust pizza, and I actually kind of like DiGiorno's a lot. It's the most fake mm-hmm, cheese in mm-hmm. the world, but there's something really nice about the texture of how fake it is. There's something about how thick the dough is. It's it's it's, it's, it's too much, man. It's a battleground. Mm. We've talked a lot about cheese and what <laughs> types of fake cheeses are good in this episode. That's Should true. we just do a cheese-based episode? <laughs> yeah, that's actually not a bad idea, as we get like more abstract with our concepts. <laughs> Like, we're definitely going to have, like, an episode where, like, the theme is blue. <laughs> and it's, like, one episode is, or one column is about, like, the idea of something being corny and cheesy in that way. And then the mm-hmm. other is, like, about a cheese as an ingredient in a food. And then with blue, it's, like, one part is about the color and the other One's is about, about, like, being sad. Sadness, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> what we're going to evolve to at some point. Hmm. I think we're going to become a Game of Thrones recap podcast. Eventually. <laughs> Where we recap every week's episode of Game of Thrones as they come out. Um, Where we pretend, like, not only do we do each episode, but we pretend we're in the headspace of, like, whatever one week after the date it aired was. <laughs> 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 oh, boy, did y'all see Donald Trump just got elected? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the sound of this. <laughs> Anyway, so Cersei was being a real bitch in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I think that's our natural progression is going to be to becoming that podcast. You don't think it's going to be having an episode about corn where you do the vegetable and I do the band? <laughs> you don't think it's going to be an episode about Nine Inch Nails where I do the uh, <laughs> the natural nails? <laughs> No, it has to be Game of Thrones. Is there is there an origin story for the name of that band? Almost certainly, but like it's hard to guess these things. Like I think I used to have a joke that I would do with Phil where I'd be like, twenty seven pilots? Who needs that many pilots? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's twenty one pilots is the band name. But uh yeah, and then pa- Phil like thought it was funny, but then we looked it up and it turns out it's like a commemoration for some tragedy that happened <laughs> about like a thing where twenty one pilots died, and I was like, Oh, I guess that joke isn't that funny anymore. <laughs> I like that our third segment is just more banter at the at the bottom of the episode. <laughs> Hootie and the Blowfish. Who? <laughs> Why is Hootie hanging out with those blowfish? <laughs> Turns out it's uh the, during the Holocaust, the Blowfish were a secret unit of uh, British soldiers who uh, saved Jewish people from internment camps. And Hootie was the guy in the striped pajamas. <laughs> All right, buddy. Big fact, no cap, get out. Yeah, let's get out of here, man. (laughs) Before this gets any stranger. And my no cap is, if you're going to write in pretending to be a character in a TV show with a specific episode plot, do the episode from season four of Legend of Korra where Asami tries to reconcile with her dad after he was a vehement racist against Benders and is in jail for attempting a coup of the city. (laughs) Yeah, you're saying like pretend to be Ivanka? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Do either of those. <laughs> or wait, who was the one that actually went against the family? Uh, Tiffany. Tiffany Trump. So Damn. that would be Tiffany Trump's point of view because she mm-hmm. she betrayed the family. You never go against the family. My big fact is that if you're an advice columnist, you have to literally have watched every piece of media ever released Very because good. you don't want to look like a fucking moron like these advice columnists we had on. They were duped. They were humiliated, and frankly, the fact that they didn't resign immediately after these situations shows a weakness of spirit on their part. So do better, advice columnist. The fact that Cory Bush's new bill 
doesn't include Abby and ask Amy to be to relinquish their position is absurd. <laughs> Big fact. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that in the Dear Abby thing that like she pulled the article because she was so embarrassed that she might take this question. Yeah, I, I didn't really get that because it's like your advice is like this is clearly not for the person right again. It. It's for everybody else. So it still works. As the an Simpsons isn't really slice of life, but like it's close enough that you could give like you could do an advice column where you just advise Marge in every episode and it would probably be useful to a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, advice columns are not built on the idea that the individual is actually going to use it. It's that, like, these are generic, or not generic enough, but, like, general etiquette rules. It's showing you how to apply general life and etiquette rules to any situation. Yeah, and that's yeah. the benefit you can get, which is a B benefit after the obvious benefit, which is gawking at weirdos' lives. But those are like if, you know if you're taking advice columns sincerely that's what they're for so it doesn't matter if the person lied you could still give them the advice and release it <laughs> all right um it's it's been you know what it's getting to the point where we get on we get weird every time adrian so it's been as weird as usual and this is where i show that i duped paul i'm actually filling a mask <laughs> i was wondering why you were funny this episode <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're cutting that out. <laughs> Bye, buddy. <laughs> All right, see you, dude. <laughs>